today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Hamilton City Council met earlier this week and uh, came up with, well, many people consider it to be a very controversial decision. And it had to do with the tent encampments that have been set up for quite some time now, as long as the pandemic has really been going on in various places around the city. And uh, they have voted to uh, essentially reverse the rule that they put in place to allow these in the first place. Council is voting to return to the pre-pandemic rules, which would bar encampments on parks and city property. Here's the downtown councilor, Jason Farr, with his explanation. Most of us felt that uh, we are in a state of an emergency as it relates to people sleeping unsheltered in uh, tents. Uh, it's the most unsafe and inhumane uh, living uh, for any Hamiltonian. Uh, the only two councillors, by the way, voted against uh, the, the rule. Everyone else seemed to be in favour of this. Uh, it is not without controversy. And uh, we're going to use this topic to uh, kick off our uh, Chiefs Down Hall, uh, as we do every month, of course. We are pleased to welcome back to the program uh, Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen for the uh, Chiefs Town Hall here on the Bill Keller Show. Uh, Chief, thank you so much for the time. Good to have you with us today. Uh, good morning, Bill. Always a good opportunity to have a conversation with you. And certainly uh, this is a topic that, again, we're watching with great interest. Well, let's talk about that, because I'm getting a lot of emails after Council made the decision. I've seen a lot of traffic on social media about this as well. Uh, if Council decides, well, this has to be ratified by the full Council, of course, but uh, we anticipate that's going to be the same vote. Uh, who's, where does this fall? Is this going to be your responsibility as police services, or is this bylaw? I think it's a part of a, a partnership that we constantly have with respect to, you know, interpretations of bylaw. Uh, this is a city bylaw, and the city bylaw speaks about what is the activities that are permitted within the parks. Um, they actually go as far as um, it's bylaw 01-219. It speaks about activity from 11 o'clock at night till 6 o'clock in the morning, and then it also gets into um, camping and structures, etc., but it's still a city bylaw. Therefore, bylaw at this particular point is the lead. I would think, though, uh, just by sheer numbers, the bylaw don't have the staff to be able to do enforcement on this. I mean, you can ask people to leave, and if they leave, that's fine. If they refuse to, uh, it gets a little trickier. It does, Bill, and, and you are absolutely rec correct. They are great partners, and we work with them on, on many levels. Um, but we work alongside them, and they go through the initial wave, if you will. Uh, but it is about making sure that our role is to keep the peace. So if you get right down to it, um, the author, the authority, it starts getting into the same as a trespass to property, uh, when, in fact, people are engaging in prohibited activity, and they're refusing to leave. Uh, they're given cautions. They're ultimately given a, a, a ticket, and that ticket then is... If it again continues to, um, you know, persist, then it's our opportunity to work alongside with bylaw in order then to enforce the uh, removal from that area. Depending, I suppose, on the direction you get from council, and I just want to remind our listeners because there's a lot of people that were upset about this. Uh, the police don't make the rules. Uh, this is a city council directive, and uh, bylaw, and, and as Chief Bergen just mentioned, along with police for their support, uh, are going to be involved in this. So, it, it, just to go back to what you just mentioned, there, Chief, is the first step to issue tickets for people that uh, that uh, tend not to to uh, obey the, the law when it comes into effect, or is it removal immediately? How, how, what's the protocol here? 
Well, again, I'm not going to speak for the city because at this particular point they will be the lead on this. But what I can assure the community uh, and I can assure our population is that the Toronto Police Service is committed to homelessness, harm reduction, poverty, and mental health. Uh, we have been working with amazing partners throughout this protocol, um, dealing with some very challenging issues. Um, but the Hamilton Police Service's role in this particular area um, is for us to make sure that we can um, work with our social navigator program. Uh, right now, we have in the last few months expanded the social navigator uh, program. We've added three extra bodies in that area to work with um, some very challenging files. But at this point, with regards to enforcement, we will look at the next few weeks about what that looks like. I would think that notices and conversations have to occur first before we see what, in fact, happens if, in fact, there becomes a deadline. Let me ask you about that. That's very important uh, because we did have an incident in downtown Hamilton earlier this week on St. Clair Avenue uh, where traffic was blocked off for the whole day and police were on site. Uh, it, it did eventually get resolved. Uh, I, I know you can't get into the specifics about that, Chief, but, but explain to us about how you respond to that and who actually does respond to a call like that. Well, if it's regards to the actual St. Clair um, area, that was, in fact, um, the energy behind that was very different. That was for a wanted person that was there that, have, that had firearms. And uh, so that becomes a, a challenge where we have to look at safety of the community. So those cordoned off areas then become the responsibility of the police to make sure that access egress is controlled. In that particular case, um, dealt as a barricaded person. Uh, we have policies and procedures that are put in place to make sure ultimately as, as was the resolve in that particular case, as everyone comes out safe and therefore we get into an apprehension without any injury. Are there uh, negotiators on site when something like that occurs? Yeah, there are. And, and again, these things are not, um, uh, you know, infrequent. We've had them in a couple weeks ago again. Uh, we had uh, the interaction of um, the encampment and, and we had a shooting. And as such, uh, it ended up in uh, Stony Creek in an address. And after about six or seven hours, uh, again, peacefully, we were able to get the four occupants out of that home. And again, it's part of negotiations. It's part of us using our skill set of our emergency response unit, um, as well as just, as you said uh, earlier, it's about making sure that the larger area is cordoned off so that we don't put anybody else at risk. With uh, Chief of Police Frank Bergen with our mini town hall, glad you're with us here on the Bill Kelly Show on CHML and uh, CFPL London. Uh, there's a report that was issued, now, and, and we're getting a lot of pushback, and I know you certainly have too, and it was the uh, the use of force uh, report that is done, by the way, on a regular basis by Hamilton Police Services. Uh, but we've heard from the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion, and as you know, Chief, there are some other groups uh, that have some concerns about the report, not just the numbers, but in the way in which it's reported uh, and in the way that the data is being presented. Now, I know you've heard uh, their concerns and their presentations about this. I know also that even going dating back to the day that you were sworn in as the, as the new chief here, you talked about transparency and, and, and connecting with community. Uh, it seems there's a disconnect right now with this report. How do you address that? Well, I'm not certain that there is a disconnect. There may be a comprehension disconnect, and there may be a, a willingness to, to sort of look at some problems within it. Let's just back up a bit, Bill, and, and be very clear. Um, the reason on uh, the 22nd of July that I, in fact, posted um, the actual use of force stats for 2020 was to address the concerns of our community. Uh, they wanted to know where the interaction occurred, uh, what was the occurrence type, uh, how the call was originated, how did we receive that call, and what 
police units were involved, and we did just that. Um, we released it. That's the first time the Hamilton Police Service has done that. Uh, as you know, um, of the 280,000 such uh, interactions we had, um, there were only 431 incidents of use of force. That's um, less than 0.18% uh, of the times of our interaction. But that's not a Hamilton Police responsibility. We are following the use of force report Police Services Act obligation um, as out, you know, established by the Ministry of the Solicitor General. Uh, in that as well, as you know, uh, they've introduced the pre perceived subject race where they, in fact, have catalogued uh, what will be the criteria. So um, I'm willing to work with HCCI or other people who are having some challenges with that. But again, we are, we are absolutely um, demonstrating that it's more than just words, it's action. We are, we are allowing our community not to just get a report at the board, but a further um, online posting to make sure people have understanding of what those interactions look like. With uh, Chief of Police Frank Bergen, uh, earlier this week, a story that, you, of course, you heard on the news here, Hamilton Police uh, say that four loaded guns and about $250,000 worth of drugs were seized during a recent project targeting guns and drug activity in the region. Uh, Chief, could you talk to us a little bit about that? I know there was a guns and gangs uh, department earlier. I'm not sure if that's still in place now, but uh, about because uh, I understand that this was not simply Hamilton Police Services. This was done in conjunction with other police services. Uh, an ongoing investigation, is this the result of, 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 of that collaboration? Yeah, it is, um, Bill, and it's also part of what has been our consistent approach. We are a whole-of-service approach. Uh, let me just say very clearly, we still have guns and gangs and, re and rely on them heavily, working with our major crime unit. The reality is, as you know, we've had a we've just had about three or four shootings most recently. Uh, that's 16 shootings uh, to date of this year. Um, it was 28 last year, but that's in the aftermath of what was very successful, uh, Project Strong, and Project Strong was stopped stopping uh, targeted retaliations on neighborhood gangs. And you remember us reporting that a few months ago. Boy, that was successful. And this is yet another shoe drop of uh, Project Rain, which was very successful. But it is also working with our GTA partners. So in that, that was integral for us to be working with uh, the Niagara Regional Police Service in this particular regard, because we do know that the movement of drugs, the movement of guns within our community is transient. And what is occurring in, in Peel, what is in occurring in Toronto, etc. It also affects the Hamilton area. And Peel region has also been an incredible partner because, as you know, they're also experiencing a great deal of, of uptick in violence as well. Where's the cooperation from the other levels of government? I know uh, that in past uh, situations like this where you've worked collaboratively, sometimes with other police services, OPP and in, even RCMP in some situations, because we are talking about, uh, especially with illegal uh, firearms, an awful lot of these come across the border. And uh, and obviously there's a concern here about how they're getting here. Uh, do you think, it, uh, are you making some headway in this situation? And, and are you still working collaboratively with those other uh, agencies, the OPP and RCMP? Oh, we are. We absolutely are. And it's, so it's integral for our success to have these larger conversations. Uh, we absolutely track the movement of firearms across the border and, and within our communities, as, as I stated earlier. But Bill, again, we do not take our foot off the uh, gas pedal here. 
We have to ask our community that if you're aware of activities, if you see something, say something. Um, with regards to the shootings that we've recently experienced, um, again, they're targeted shootings. These are people who are much like what we saw uh, in the uptick in 2020. Uh, these are people who are looking after, um, you know, rivalry and, and, and territorial protection, and therefore when, when most vulnerable, they'll go after their, um, their nemesis. Uh, ongoing investigations, I guess, that can dovetail into the other one that happened earlier this week, the tragic uh, death of a, a man uh, by Mission Services down in the north end of Hamilton. Uh, my understanding is the uh, individual that you're seeking in that particular case is still at large? That person still is at large, and again, that actually interesting is 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 at a different level. That's not at the same level of what we are concerned about the firearm shootings. That was a, a very personal. Um, that was mm -hmm. a stabbing, and uh, in this particular case, that person, and again, working with our community, I really appreciate our Corpcom because they put the picture out and they were there to make sure that we can make sure that other people are not put at further risk. And that again speaks to uh, where we have to have the further challenge with regards to. Uh, homelessness and, and harm reduction, making sure we can deal with that as well as mental illness in our community. And you've developed those relationships over quite some time uh, to, to deal with these agencies. Uh, and, and you and I have talked in the past, I know, about, uh, about the challenges, especially because of the pandemic. It's put a, uh, extra pressure on just about everybody, uh, and especially those people. And just as we go back, I guess, to the beginning of our conversation about people that are living in tent encampments right now, who a lot of them have, lo have lost the roof over their head uh, because of this. Uh, so there's got to be a balance here, I would think, Chief, between enforcement at the same time, sensitivity to the, to the, the, the situations of, of these individuals. Oh, absolutely, Bill, and that's why I, I, I am not going to discount the value of our social navigator program and being able to work with our partners. So not only are, are there concerns with the actual protocol, but, but keep in mind that protocol was a result of an injunction, and, and what we did learn in there is that there's an amazing resource of community partners, and we work with those partners, Mission Services, Wesley, St. Joe's, um, CAMH, Grenfell, etc., the legal clinic, and we work with those people to make sure that the actual needs, the individual needs um, of both uh, people who are dealing with poverty, uh, homelessness, harm reductions, you see the spike in opioid use, you see the spike in opioid overdoses. Uh, these are things that continue to be a conversation and they're not dismissed or not overlooked just because the protocol is no longer in existence. A uh, quick email from uh, Garrett, who's listening to our program, bkelly at 900chml.com, to reach us by email. Uh, talking about the uh, the composition of Hamilton Police Services, uh, he goes, uh, it's a rather lengthy note here, I'm just going to try to paraphrase it. Uh, it's always been a concern, does the police service reflect uh, the community and the fabric of the community? Uh, there's always a concern about how uh, are minority groups being represented. Are you making any headway in that, Chief? Because it's been a concern for some time now. I think we are, and, and Bill, again, that's part of our also um, commitment that I spoke about in my swearing-in in May, uh, and that is we are absolutely um, leaning into some of those challenges, and those challenges are uh, the absence of, of community roundtables, of having those conversations um, with our black community, with our 2S and LGBTQI community, with our, our Muslim community, our South Asian community, our Chinese, our indigenous community. Uh, we have to have those abilities to sit around a table, to build that 
that trust and to make sure that people understand we are a viable employer and we have great opportunities for people. Um, we look at those opportunities within the mosques. We look for them when they exist. And we absolutely are committed to having our service reflect the amazing diversity of this community. Hamilton Chief of Police Frank Bergen, as always, Chief, uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, stay well, and we'll talk again, I'm sure, in a couple of weeks. Thank you very much, and enjoy the uh, break in this humidity, and I look forward to speaking to you again, Bill. You betcha. That's uh, Chief of Police Frank Bergen with the mini town hall. Uh, when we do get back into the studio, uh, whenever that's going to be, uh, we'll certainly uh, once again resume our usual protocol with the mayor's town halls and, and the chief's town halls. But uh, we are uh, in compromise situation, I guess, and a compromised situation probably more to the point because of what's going on. And, of course, the rising numbers now with this fourth wave. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.